things we're dealing with are threats to humanity unlike anything the world has ever seen before. We can bequeath our children a greener planet and a more prosperous future. That's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 5, Just Stop the Tories. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it is in. And where do we find you uh, on this day? Dale, are you in a, another place? <laughs> I am. I'm in France, in Bordeaux, actually. Nice. Uh, just heading out in a minute down to the mountains. But yeah, I'm just taking a couple of days out. And, um, oh, nice. And Stood in the doorway looking at some AstroTurf, funnily enough. That's all kinds of green. That is all kinds of green, yeah. So is it real green, Astro? How, how friendly is AstroTurf? Yeah, I'm not sure. There's no insects in it. Well, that's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> depends, depends what you're doing on the AstroTurf, maybe. Here's a headline. On that point, the UK fails to ban 36 harmful pesticides that are actually outlawed for use in the EU. Uh, so yeah. everyone else is doing it. We ain't. This came off the back of the uh, the scrapping of water pollution laws as well in relation to new house building, which happened in the last couple of weeks. Govan Sunak just tore up regulations, gifted the house building industry 160 million quid a year, I think it is, uh, just ahead of an election, funnily enough. And, and that's a sector that donates heavily to the Tories. And um, yeah, this chemical story came up a few days later. And, you know, we were promised, I was on LBC with Ian Dale this week, and this came up. We were promised that under Brexit, as a part of Brexit, the government wouldn't weaken environment protection. Yep. And here they go, you know, 36 chemicals listed as, as dangerous, lethal even to human health, insects, bees, everything. The EU have them banned and we allow them. So it's all kinds of wrong. And, and you know, this is the direction of, of the Tory government, backwards on the environment. It's, it's kind of extraordinary, isn't it, really? Because, you know, they, they went through a phase of trying to dip one toe into the kind of green camp, even if it was just a, a veneer of, of greenish. And now they've just gone, oh, f*** that. <laughs> we'll have no toes in that pond. Yeah, and I don't know if you're referring to uh, Cameron, the husky hugger. He, he started his premiership saying, you know, he, he was going to run the greenest government ever. And he Correct. Talking about the green crap and banning onshore wind, solar, ripping up yep. uh, standards for zero carbon homes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure Sunak has ever even dabbled in green stuff, but obviously he's just like inherited the hot seat from Truss, who inherited it from Johnson, who stole it from May. And so it goes on. Really, <laughs> That's just a, there's a Netflix show waiting to happen right there. <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones, isn't it, right? And, yeah. And this is Sunak is just the last poor fool standing. I mean, he didn't even get elected by his own party members to the job. That's very it? true. That's very true. Here's a question from Ellie on LinkedIn. Uh, how are you doing with Devil's Kitchen products, Dale? Will they be coming to more shops soon? Yeah, well, I mean, they're going really well. We've been focused on production, uh, adding all kinds of kit to speed things up. I think, you know, we're going to be in a place where we can save uh, like nearly 30 cow lives a day and what i mean by that is the the, the weight of the material we can make burgers and sausages and stuff is the equivalent of, of 30 cow bodies a day and um, you know for me that's a great kind of way to look at it because while we're pumping these foods out you know it's being eaten instead of cows let's say anyway, yeah, yeah. but how are we doing we're in like nearly 10,000 schools and that's the area we focused on first we wanted to get plant-based food into schools it's going really well we're in universities as well and stuff like that it is still in the cardo it's our only retail outlet at the moment but we're 
we're just about to launch into whole food shops nationally nice to get into that supply chain so yeah, yeah. they're coming soon and we're hoping to be in a burger chain on the high street before very long and these are for those who haven't tried it i mean this is incredible food right this is premier league munch if you like <laughs> I like that. Term. <laughs> I've never, never heard that before. No, I just, it just, it just slid off the tongue that one. Much like the the burgers, they're fab, though, aren't they? I know you tried them, and they're, they're amazing. More than once, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're the best burger I've ever tried. I mean, you know, the the, the people at that down there are just genius. You yeah, know, yeah. What they've created because it's not just plants. It doesn't try to mimic meat. It's correct. Fat and salt and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's free from the thirteen major food allergens as well, so it's inclusive. You know, available, suitable for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it, so good. it does. It does. Should we talk steel? Tata steel. Uh, Tata <laughs> yeah, sounds like something you might eat, doesn't it? Uh, the government is poised to announce a five hundred million pound support package for Tata steel. Uh, why is this a bad idea? It's a kind of mixture of ideas, isn't it? Really, if you go back. In the last 12 months, the government consented a new coal mine in Cumbria to the shock of everybody, right? And they justified it by saying, uh, because we don't need coal, right? But they said, but the steel industry needs coal. Coking coal is a very different kind of coal. And the steel industry in Britain at the time said, oh, no, we don't, right? First off, there's plenty of it on the international market. And second off, we want to move to making green steel, as in without coal, using electricity or hydrogen. So that coal mine decision was just stupid. Yeah. Now you've got Tata Steel being helped by the same government to build electric arc furnaces so they don't need to use coal, which hasn't yet been dug out of Cumbria. I mean, it's only been about six months. We're going to give them 500 million quid. The unions are upset because it's going to involve about 2,000 layoffs, they think, which is half the entire workforce uh, for some reason. It must mean that, you know, they have to shovel a lot of coal when they use coal. And when it's electric, they don't. I don't really understand why the big redundancies. But Tata, an Indian company that said, if you don't give us one and a half billion quid, we're going to shut the place down. And yeah. instead, we're giving them half a billion quid and they're going to half shut the place down. So <laughs> I don't know what yeah. it's going on. That's but, a strange goings on there, right? Why do we allow ourselves to? be held hostage by by giving control of these vital industries to foreign companies how does yeah. that make any sense it, it's extraordinary because you, you'd think and i think the french are quite good at this they'd say okay if there are going to be foreign companies then one of our guys is going to be on the board in a very vocal and dominating position because that makes some sense right you you, you want to make sure that you're looking after the, the the people the taxpayers and you're getting value for your buck or your franc or your euro whatever it happens to be uh we don't do that we just say go off you go here's a shed load of money go, go and spend it however the hell you like that's right we you can see in, in water it's dominated by foreign ownership and they siphon 300 400 million pounds a, a year out of our economy and out of the water industry and, and the result is we've got shit everywhere in the rivers and the seas because yeah. water companies aren't doing the job properly yep. pumping money to foreign shareholders in energy is completely dominated by foreign firms that aren't investing in infrastructure you know in the way that that's needed I'm, I'm just beside myself all of these are really vital things energy water transport you know and steel making actually they're all vital to our economy to our country to our interests and we just sell them off to foreign owners yeah interesting jeremy on twitter says why do you never reveal how much the government pays you in subsidies now this comes up because whenever somebody wants to go in for an attack they just say what about the subsidies dale tell us about the subsidies you know, you got rich off the subsidies. Um, people hyperventilate at this point. What, just tell us, what is the reality of a subsidy? What does it mean? And did you buy a car with it? <laughs> did I buy a car with it? I built a car, actually. With it. <laughs> but it, was a, it was a post-event subsidy, but I'll get into that in a second. But, I mean, yeah, so it's, 
come about in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I made a bunch of high-profile uh, media appearances, criticised the government, fossil fuels, the you know uh, animal farming industry, all that kind of stuff. And um, the reaction from people, let's say, on the right wing of life, was to do that thing where they say, "Oh yes, but you know." And in this case, it was yes, but you've had loads of subsidies, and, and therefore, as, as if in some way that devalues what I'm actually saying, if it was even true. And it's just not true. So you know, to answer the question directly, why don't I? talk about the subsidies uh, you know, that I've had from the government. The fact is uh, there isn't anything to talk about because I haven't had any. So you've had, so the government have not given you or your company any money at all? Well, no, absolutely, except for the car. And you reminded me, so we built the Nemesis. We began in 2008. Uh, I think it was the world's first electric supercar, one of Britain's very first cars. Got on the road in 2010. And then after that, some arm of government came along and said, oh, we've got some grant funding for building electric cars. Would you like some? <laughs> like, right. Well, well, yeah, okay. Well, indeed, so, I mean, but that, that's fairly normal standard stuff, isn't it? So there's nothing, there's nothing weird about that. But it, when people talk about you receiving in you know, 150 million quid in subsidies, that's not true. Bollocks. No, it's just bollocks. Bollocks. Uh, that's a technical term. Uh, that is the technical. I think it's now the official term, actually. <laughs> that's right. But the car itself led to the electric highway, this national network of charging points, which is vital to the transition to electric cars. So even though the government chucked a few hundred grand into the car after we'd built it, which is a little bit weird, but we were like, yeah, great, we can do something else with that money. You know, it was money well spent. And, and it didn't go to me. Yeah, and it's worth clarifying that because, again, you know, that every single time when we speak on the radio or television, Dale, that's, there's always half a dozen dodgepots that suddenly pitching, <laughs> what about the subsidies, Dale? Tell us about the subsidies. I've got a bad line here. I heard tosspots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Uh, here's one. Hundreds. Uh, now, this is interesting because this isn't ordinarily what we might put into an episode because it's about voting. But there is a relevance here. Hundreds of thousands of people face exclusion over voter ID laws, according to the Electoral Commission. And we talked about this on LBC this week again, because, I mean, it's like a, it's like a really big issue. But basically, the Tories introduced new legislation to require registration, voter ID uh, at the point of voting and all this kind of stuff. And they did it because there had been three cases of fraud in the last seven years in Britain. And they said, obviously, we need to tighten that up. Three cases of electoral fraud in seven years, during which time we had at least two elections and a shitload of by-elections, right? In, in a report to Parliament by one of the architects of the legislation, Robert Buckland, it was pointed out that in the last by-election, 14,000 people couldn't vote because of this new election law. So in one by-election, the result is 14,000 disenfranchised people, predominantly younger and non-white, people that don't vote Tory. And, you know, everybody looking at this back in the day said, this is gerrymandering the election. There's no point to this voter ID thing except excluding a sector of the population that don't vote Tory. So, for example, if you're an old person and you have an old people's bus pass, you can use that to vote, right? Is voter ID is, is yeah. valid. If you're a young person with a student bus pass, you cannot. Why is that? Right. There is no there is no good reason for that. It's just it's just gerrymandering the election and millions of people will be disenfranchised if if we can't inform them in time. And this is something we're going to do in the next 12 months, really focus on can't inform them of yeah. these new barriers and what you have to do uh, to get the right photo ID in the right place at the right time. couple more questions, Dale. Uh, here's one from Ben. Is your green gas mill now operational? Yes and no to that question. The last few weeks have been quite painful. It's running. We're turning grass into gas, and we've been going through a sequence of tests to synchronize with the grid, essentially, to be allowed to pump gas into the grid. We've had equipment failures. We've had 
delays because the gas company can't come out uh, very frequently, it would appear. If we fail one test, we have to wait a couple of weeks before they can come back out again. <laughs> any day now, any day now. We, we, we had a go this week. We've got a new date. 22nd next week for full permission to be exporting to the grid. So it is working, but it is not yet pumping its full volume into the grid. Final one from Carla on Facebook. Will you be offering a free heat pump like Octopus? <laughs> well, I, just I, just I, before you I answer that, now, what, what, what's the deal with Octopus? I know that that phrase, they've got tentacles everywhere, has a kind of you know relevance in, in particular at the moment. But uh, are they functioning as normal? There was controversy of, as to whether they were you know going to suffer in the great fallout of energy companies, but they've continued. Companies like Octopus, Ovo and Bulb, I tend to think of them as the same kind of entity. They all crashed into the market, drove the price of electricity to unfeasible levels. They, they operated at a loss in order to buy market share. And if you look between all three of them, a Bulb is like, you know, gone, uh, is defunct now, but the customers are owned by Octopus. So it's still relevant. Yeah. The losses of all three of them combined since they've ever existed are nearly a billion pounds. So it's a, it's a very interesting or crazy uh, model that they pursue which is market share above everything else. And once they've uh, you know, established a dominant position, they put the price up and start making money. But in the meantime, they do all kinds of other things like Octopus talk up heat pumps, which is a terrible idea. You know, I mean, <laughs> when, when you say we're going to give away heat pumps or when the questioner says, I think, well, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't an electricity company give away heat pumps? Because it makes you treble your use of electricity. Well, <laughs> so quite, yes. A gift? Is that a gift? I don't think so. Well, you can just see uh, the, the sales of fan heaters are going to go through the roof, right? Because people will realise they can't heat their freaking house adequately. <laughs> so we'll just go and buy a shitload of fans from B&Q. And yes. so we're about to see, yeah, your gas bill might drop a bit, but your, your electricity bill is going to be about 10 grand a year. A typical house uses 3,000 units of electricity every year and 12,000 units of gas. And if you swap that gas out, uh, for heat pump produced heat uh, with a, with an efficiency of two to one, that means you get twice as much out as you put back in. You've got to use six thousand units of electricity wow. to make twelve thousand units uh, equivalent of heat, and therefore you're using nine thousand units of electricity in total, and your electricity bill has trebled. In fact, your energy bill overall has gone up fifty percent because yeah. there's a differential between the price of gas and electricity. But that's the net effect: a fifty percent higher energy bill if you use a heat pump over a gas boiler, which is why the government's plan inverted commas to have us all using heat pumps they're not doing anything to make that happen but that's why that's just you know madness are we back to the word bollocks again <laughs> i think we are i think we are i think we are bollocks on steroids there it the is heat pump programmers listen we'll let you enjoy the astro turf and the uh, you're going to go wine hunting as well dale i see you're in the right place right <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely did a bit of that last night and uh, um, maybe just hoping maybe to catch a bit of rugby over here yeah yeah good work it's gonna be a busy weekend Nice one, Dale. We're speaking a week. Good man. That is it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically and leave a review there too. Really important bit. Follow Dale on social media. Twitter.com slash Dale Vince. Facebook.com slash Dale Vince. Zero carbon. East off.